to episode 92 of the Parkrun Adventurers. We are staring down the gauntlet that is going to lead us to episode 100. Not too many to go, but it's probably like those, um, you know, whenever you get close to a milestone, those last 10 seem to take about 20 or 30 to get there. How are you doing this week, Scotty? Really good, Mel. Thanks for asking. We're in November. Most we people are will in be November. listening to this. Just. Yeah, most people will be listening to this in December. So we're on the we're on the final straight. It's nearly over. It is nearly over. Silly season has well and truly started. Have you started any Christmas shopping yet? Are you doing Christmas this year? Of course we're doing Christmas this year. Doing a park run. Christmas again. I'm not I'm not prepared to do a November Christmas just yet. I think um, there's been a bit of debate in our house around the Christmas tree. I've suggested that I should make one this year. Be a bit, there you go, a bit rogue. Be a bit Art Deco and come up with my own creation. Yvonne hasn't got as much faith in that idea. (laughs) But Yvonne, we've still got four weeks to go. This is true. Yourself? Has the Christmas tree gone up? Uh, no, we, we usually save that for the 1st of December, so it, it may be just going up as people are listening to this podcast. In fact, we, we should we should start playing Christmas music or something at the beginning of the podcast, just so if people are decorating trees, they can do it to the podcast. Let's do it next Maybe, week. Maybe let's sing, let's sing the Christmas carols ourselves. Okay, next week. We've got a whole week <laughs> to record them. But I tell you what, Mel, it felt like Christmas on Saturday. It did feel like Christmas on Saturday. There's nothing like a new launch to get everybody excited. Yeah, I was excited. Spending Saturday morning with all my Parkrun family, which is very Christmas-like, opening up a new event, which is like opening up a new present. Did you have a good time? Of course. Of course. For all those playing at home, they know it's a cross-country course. Did you stay vertical? I did. The entire five kilometres? I did, but it was funny. I, I started walking with you. And Wes cracked it, and you guys blamed it on me. So I took off. (laughs) But then when I was coming back, because it's an out and back, we're talking about North Harbour, for those that haven't been following along at home. It's an out and back course, but when I came back to see you, uh, nearly fell over. You were distracting me again. No, no, you were pretending to (laughs) stack it, and then you almost stacked it because you were pretending. Yeah, that might have been closer to the truth. Um, But that was my only hiccup. Apart from that, I was eyes down, focused, just taking it easy too. One thing I noticed, I didn't think it was hot there. Like it was cold, wasn't it? It was a cool morning. But as, Yeah, it wasn't particularly warm on Saturday. But as soon as I started running, I started sweating. Is that the Brisbane humidity thing that I'm not it used to? It is the humidity, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's not hot. Why am I hot? Why am I sweating? <laughs> yeah, that'll happen up here. Yeah, definitely not used to it. And it's really cool to sort of fly in, fly out to do a parkrun launch. I could get used to doing that. You could get used. Well, that's that's one way to get a lot of parkruns in, isn't it? Hop on a plane all the time. Mind you, I, you know, I actually had a dream last night. Next, next year we're going to take Wes overseas for the first time and I had a dream that I was at the airport and starting to really freak out about it because it's a long-haul flight. But how, how do you get through all, like... If you're going to fly and fly out for all these launches, don't you get a bit bored with the whole airport plane scenario? Here's, here's this week's hot tip. I re-engaged my Netflix account and loaded up my phone with some Netflix series, movies, docos, 
And Mel, this is where I want your help and the listeners' help. I need some recommendations because there's a lot of stuff on Netflix and you flick through all the lists and I don't really know where to start. There's so many things I want to, but I don't want to invest my time. If it's not going to be any good. Yeah. Well, you can just do what Adam does and you can start watching a series and then stop when you get bored of it. Yeah, well, that's one way, but I want to cut out the starting when it's crap. I want, <laughs> I want you to just give me your top your top Netflix tips. I'll tell you what mine are. <sighs> okay. So I, I've heard about Stranger Things. Everyone's gone crazy for Stranger Things. So I started up that and I'm pleasantly surprised. It's a bit, it's a bit scarier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, the first season is scarier than the second season. Okay. Oh, in, in my opinion. Uh, but it's a good, it's good. It's very standby me meets, um, you know, E.T. Yeah, I like, I just like the 80s references. They're like the keyboard synth sounds. Yeah, that's good music. <laughs> yeah, it just works. It's very good. And the kids, man, my goodness. They're good actors. Yeah, then they don't. They, they are good actors. I would agree with that. Yeah, like can you imagine, peel back the curtain and when they're doing all those scenes, there's like cameras and lights and a hundred people standing around watching him do all those scenes. To stay in character and to be actors, it's hard. It's a hard gig. That's why we pay them a lot of money. And these kids were just fantastic. But that was Stranger Things. I also went back to Toast. Excellent. You need you need you need the the happy funny choices. It Crowd is also on Netflix. If if you haven't seen that in a few years, or if you've never seen it, I can recommend that. Never got into that, so that's something to revisit. Um, what else is good on Netflix? Well, let's leave it to our listeners. We want some Netflix tips. We also want Netflix to come at us with a sponsorship after this last three minutes of talking about them. <laughs> yes. Parkrun Adventurers, a Netflix original. It has a nice <laughs> ring to it, doesn't it? Hey, you're going to write a book one day. I think skip the book, go straight to the TV series. Are we going to be a TV series or a movie? Oh, like we, we could be a midday movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Miniseries w- could work. You know, something along the scale of, um, you know, we, we need a budget akin to Game of Thrones or Downton Abbey. Um, you know, we need one of those kinds of budgets, but we, we could make it work, I reckon. Yep. Any ideas who would play you? Oh, or who would, who would you question. like to play you? Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that one. Have you got any ideas who would play you? Well, have you, has, have you got any doppelgangers in the Hollywood world? I do actually. Oh, Really? We'll share. Yes. We'll, we'll get in touch with them and see if they're interested. Alison Hannigan. I've been told repeatedly over the years that um, she is my doppelganger. She's my celebrity doppelganger. Okay. For those of you who don't know who Alison Hannigan is, she played Willow in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but more recently was Lily in How I Met Your Mother. Okay. Also on Netflix. Well, I miss both of them, so now I'm going to go back and look up. Allison. Yes, but have you got a doppelganger? I don't think so. You're going to really. tell me it's somebody like, no, George Clooney's too old. Hmm. Um, oh, I, I think the listeners need to send us some suggestions <laughs> <laughs> for who should play Scotty in the movie, in Parkrun the movie. So miniseries. we're putting our listeners to work this week. We want Netflix recommendations and also who they think 
would play us in the TV series, the Netflix original of the Parkrun Adventurers. <laughs> Love it. Back for another round with the Parkrun Adventurers is the big cheese of Parkrun Global. <laughs> Tom Grand Blanche. Do you like that title, Brilliant. Tom? Yeah, I think it might be the first time I've been officially called a big cheese, but it's well, you good. Are. You're officially the yeah. big cheese. <laughs> Everybody loves cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Now, you're back with us because we're going to talk about Parkrun Germany, which yeah. we've launched a few. We've, we've launched Parkrun in a few countries uh, lately and around the world, but there's something about Germany. It's, I think it's going to be massive. Yes, I do. I agree. Tell us yeah, about how um, it came about. Well, it's it, it, it's really interesting because I think we so we're in not, we're in Germany will be number nineteen, I think, um, country number nineteen, and we've been really successful in some countries and and uh, not so successful in other countries, uh, and I don't think we've to this point really cracked the answer um, in terms of how do we really grow part run outside of where we've kind of already been successful. So that really mostly South Africa, Australia, uh, UK and Ireland. Obviously, there's some park run territories like New Zealand and Russia and Poland and, and a few others where we've, where we've you know, got a reasonable number of runners. But it's, but it's been difficult and challenging. And, and so we, we kind of put new countries on hold a little bit. Probably a year ago, we started Canada and we started Sweden, um, just just over a year ago and we we kind of that they were the last countries we started territories we started on on the sort of the older model where we thought you know what we'll do is we'll create a whole thing so we'll you know we'll look for sponsors and partners and a, and build a company and, and and really kind of create the whole thing from the start and and um we thought we'd, maybe maybe that's not the right way to do it we'll revisit it and so we we were thinking about that and then um uh, we had low. Well, we get we get probably I don't know two or three requests a day from different countries or different weird and wonderful places. You know, from aircraft carriers to army bases to space stations to whatever it might be. And and we kind of we turned mostly pretty much all of them down because we didn't quite know how to do it. And then Germany, we're in Germany. We just had loads of in, such a diverse range of people. So from you know, Australian and South African park runners who've done 200 park runs, who'd moved there when we were missing park run, you know, all the way through to um, somebody who's going to be the the kind of co-event director of, of a partner at park run in a place called Osnabrück, uh, a 16-year-old girl called Clara who had done a, a year's placement in um, uh, in the UK with a, with a family as part of a kind of schooling and had seen part runner i think it was beast and part runner nottingham and loved it so much and has gone back and is is going to be starting her own part run in january and, and and kind of everything in between and so we're thinking how do we how do we harness this amazing excitement about part run and this great diverse uh, level of interest and so on and and um we were also at the same time part run poland was growing to the point where um it was nearly 50 events it is 50 events now and jakob was managing that as a as a volunteer um and it, you know he'd grown part run poland over six years to yeah 50 events a week nearly and, and two and a half three thousand runners a week and 
so we thought, you know, maybe there's an opportunity here to join those two things together in terms of um, uh, resourcing it. Um, so uh, we worked with Pope, we worked with Jakob um, probably six months ago um, to create a role for him where he'd be partly a full-time role. So he became an employee of Park Run, and, and so he'd be partly as part of his role. He's, He's supporting Park Run Poland and continuing to grow it. And as part of his role, he is uh, looking after new events in in Germany. And and what we felt was he he was had you know had a great depth of experience in starting new events outside of the UK and really really understood that kind of event support type role. Um, and so we felt you know what if we could put some of weight behind it in terms of generating publicity and and so on and then create this situation where we're just going to fire loads of prospects at Jakob in in Germany and all he has to worry about is starting new events and supporting new events and he doesn't have to worry about any other things so we're not you know we're not really going to have sponsors there uh in the early days we're not going to worry about too much other than getting events going um and uh so it's been interesting so it's been you know it's been a, a joy to work with everybody over there, and and yeah, and here we are. We've got three events um, scheduled to start on Saturday, uh, December the second. Uh, we've got three events, so that's uh, Osnabrück, Mannheim, and Hanover. Um, and then we've is that Osnabrück? No, Leipzig, Mannheim, and Hanover. Uh, and then in January we've got I think Berlin and Munich and Osnabrück scheduled to go. So it would be six in the first two months already scheduled. Um, and I think the, the most any country's ever started in the first year is ten, and that was that was Canada. Um, most the most runners any country's ever had in the first year is six hundred a week. I think uh, in total across six events. I think in South Africa. So, be interesting to see how it grows. But it's a it's a it's a departure for us in terms of the way we start in other countries, and and I think it has a lot of implications for how we might start in in, in countries in the future. Okay, Tom, you just managed to wipe out about half a dozen questions that I had for you. However, I'm not going to let you just casually mention aircraft carriers and space stations and move on without um, explaining. So so please tell me, pe- people want park runs on aircraft carriers and space stations? Yeah, they, well, they kind of do and they don't. Yeah, they kind of do. So we, we do get, we, we get a whole raft of really interesting... Um, really interesting requests and so um we had one had one recently from a from a, a british aircraft carrier um and um but i but it, I, when we looked at it it was, it was a little bit too small um so the, the kind of the i don't know what you call it the flight deck bit was a little bit too small i don't know whether it would have happened anyway but you know on one hand we don't want to go down the route of novelty park runs that that, that cost us loads of effort and time on the other hand there are you know there are there are examples of ones of part one events that could really make a difference. They might be unusual. So Camp Bastion, for example, uh, which was a part one that doesn't exist anymore, but was in, a, in, in an air, a British uh, army base in, in Afghanistan, made a real difference to the people that were serving Afghanistan during that time. And we've not got another one. And we get a lot of requests, a lot of requests for those kind of events. And at the moment, we don't quite understand the scalable, scalable way to do it so you know there are problems around temporary events and there are problems around regular cancellations and, and events where we can't communicate with them very um easily so we don't know whether they've cancelled or not and that messes up our system and so on so i think the, those kind of 
one-off unusual events are things that are maybe um, for the future, but we're certainly interested. And, you know, we, we did, um, you know, there was a, you'll have seen, you may have seen when um, I think Tim P, the astronaut went to space and, and, um, and ran a kind of a London marathon, like a mock London marathon on a treadmill. And, and a year before, I think an American astronaut had done it with running Boston marathon and the space station. And, We'd had a few conversations um, with a few people about potentially there being a part run there, but nothing's come of it yet. I think I think we need a um, I think we need a young junior part runner to become an astronaut one day, and then and then be so determined that he or she doesn't want to miss their part run when they're uh, when they're up in outer space that insist on there being a part run on the space station. <laughs> well, we need to get. Elon Musk or Richard Branson down to park run. We need <laughs> yeah. to convert them into park runners and then they'll, they'll just include it as mandatory part of their needs. Yeah, they'll make it mandatory, yeah. yeah. On Mars. Hey, imagine one day be a park on Mars. You never know. Yeah, you heard it here first. Now, let's go back from Mars. Let's go back to Germany. I think one of the reasons why I think, I think it's going to be massive is because there's a great culture in Germany of organised sport running but also of volunteering. I think the Germans are known for being yeah. very meticulous and structured, but they're also um, good volunteers. I think that's going to be helpful getting these events up and going. And maybe one of the reasons why we've got so many ready to go already. Yeah. So the thing that really struck us, so we went to um, we went to Germany earlier this year and 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 went round a load of cities in a few days and, and met everybody and. We were kind of prepared and, and expected everybody to be excited and, and, and organised and, and really, really up for it. I think um, the thing that was fascinating was, and, and, and you guys will get this, I'm sure, when, you know, when you're talking about part run and you, to people that haven't necessarily been before and, and, and haven't experienced it, and you're having to explain the whole, it's a run, not a race, it's about the community, it's about coming together, it's about volunteering, it's about socializing and friendship and all those things that it's not really even a run let alone let alone not a race and so we did expect because there's such a a culture of kind of sport we did expect to have to have that conversation a, a lot around it being you know much more than a sporting event and actually we i don't think we had to have that conversation a single time and again and again and again you know people were saying you know how can we engage the refugees. I mean, that's probably the biggest, most common comment question we got um, time and time again. Was how do we engage refugees? Can we can we help use this to help the refugees become part of the community and integrate? And and you know, how do we engage people with disabilities? And how do we engage kids? And 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 you know, you know, we, we just constantly had those questions, which was you know, I was over there with PSH, uh, obviously the the big cheese. Um, uh, and James Kemp, our global operations manager, and and Jakob, and we were just blown away by how repeat, how, you know, how common those questions were, and, and and a total lack of of misunderstanding around the whole kind of you know competitive side of things. So it was it was overwhelming, really. In terms of the events that you've got lined up and ready to go, is is the are the event teams themselves? You know, is there a combination of like expats or people from other countries that have moved back to Germany after experiencing parkrun elsewhere that are behind starting up the events? Like a total mix. I mean, you know, again, it's been, it's been fascinating. Um, you know, we've got, you know, when I think about it this weekend, we've got Hanover 
park. I can't remember the actual name of the event, but it's in Hanover. Um, we've, we've obviously been given them names based on the parks, and I've, I've not been so involved in the last couple of weeks. But we've got an event in Hanover um, being set up by a guy called uh, Dirk Grosson, and he's part of a, like a social running group called Hanover Runners. Um, and so, you know, they hadn't really experienced park run before. Um, uh, and they're all German, but they've got this kind of social running group and they'd heard about park run. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's kind of pure German event team who hadn't even really been to park run before. Um, and then, um, you've got uh, Mannheim, you've got kind of, you know, British expats starting that event. And, and I think one of them is on 99 or 199, I think, or 96 runs or something. So, you know, she's really excited to do a hundredth run at a park run. She has started, she's a British expat and uh, a park run she has started in Germany you know, then you've got, you know, there's people, uh, there's a chap called um, Ralph Behrens who, um, uh, you know, is a, a retired Lufthansa um, aviation technician who'd never really experienced part run before, but had heard about it. We'd done some, Glenn Turner, our com, head of comms in the UK, had done some comms about it in a, in a German newspaper and quite a few people heard about it. And so Ralph's this retired uh competitive high jumper who worked for Lufthansa as, a, as an engineer for his whole career and when we went out there he he lives in Hamburg and he flew down to Munich for the first meeting just so he could be at the first ever meeting of part run and then he came over to where was it Berlin or somewhere in Metz again and then you know he he actually has been instrumental in a lot of the stuff we've done and he has interestingly no real interest in starting going across all of germany rather than focusing one event what can i do and so yeah it's been it's it's, it's everything i don't know we've met a few aussies over there but i can't i don't think any we've got any aussie starting events just yet but i'm sure they will oh they'll come they're coming yeah <laughs> they're everywhere they are. now <laughs> a couple of weeks ago parkrun also released the virtual volunteer which is an yes. app which is a stopwatch yep. and a scanner in one uh, I saw it in action last Saturday. It was awesome. Yeah. And I've had a play around. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It is. It is. It's the future. It's the future of Parkrun. Yeah, design, designed by Aussies. We can talk about that. But do, yeah, designed by us. Made in Australia. Before we get there, when you yep. launch in Germany, they're not going to have stopwatches and barcodes. They're just going to have this app. So that's, uh, that's a step Absolutely, forward. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so... so it's a really complex situation. So if we if we go right back to, to where we are now, so where we are now is in, in general in part run, as everybody knows, is we have paper barcodes as the, as the primary way to bring your to identify yourself as a part run. You can buy wristbands and you can buy plastic tokens, which can be a little more durable, or like in the case of the wristband, you can have, have on you all the time. But that that system works really, really, really well. And so we process. Uh, well, in excess of 200,000 walk, jog, run performances every single week, really quickly, really accurately, really cheaply. Um, and actually, you know, there's a number of kind of park run kind of spin-offs or copies or whatever you want to say around the world where other organizations have tried to replicate park run. And that's one of the things I probably shouldn't tell them, but that's one of the things they often get wrong is they, they over-technologize that process of recording someone's instance of participation and and you know that's that there's a number of critical things there you know one is about maximizing human interaction so we want a person to 
kind of you know record you going over the line and give you something in the part of a barcode and scan something and and that's encouraging human interaction which is really, really important and also at the same time when you know to scale and to grow and we i think this weekend we're starting i think 14 events around the world this weekend it'll take us over 1500 in total and when you're when you're growing and like like that, you need things to be simple and easy and scalable. Because if you know if you're trying to get I don't know timing chips and timing mats and everything, it's just it's just not going to work at scale. And so, so kind of where we are works really, 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 really well. We process you know more results than anybody else in in, in any probably in any sporting in, uh, environment. Um, but there are some problems, and so so you know printers could be a problem so you know could the death of the printer be the death of parliament so you know if, if everybody's printers kind of disappeared tonight and none of them had any printers that would be a real problem now i, I know people could kind of bring a barcode on their phone and, 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 and you know we could have scanners that scan that but there's lots of complexities there you know around accessing ice details if somebody um, has an incident uh, um, around, um, you know, the technology required to do that. Uh, around, you know, if you've got an event with a thousand runners, and we probably have about forty-five events with a thousand runners a week. Most of them are in South Africa. You know, you add ten seconds per person because somebody can't remember the the passcode for their phone or the battery goes, or whatever it is. Then you've got you've got a real problem. So we're kind of aware that paper barcodes are an issue. And this is I'm going off on a slight tangent. But we also don't know necessarily what the solution is. So what, you know, how will we be identifying people in 10 years time? We, we don't really know. Um, so obviously, obviously, technology is an interesting thing. And so um, one of the issues we have is we're starting, we'll probably start 500 events next year. So we've got 1300 at the moment. We'll start, like I say, 500 next year, probably. Uh, but that's going to grow. We're probably going to peak at about a thousand events a year, new events per year. That is within the next few years. And actually sending everybody a, a couple of scanners, which are hundred pounds each, and a couple of stopwatches, which are twenty-five pounds each, and a laptop, which is three hundred pounds. And you know that's a challenge as you grow. And then actually servicing that, I think we replace about a thousand stopwatches a year at the moment, and that's going to grow. And and then. You know, some country, some countries can't afford that, I and mean, in some countries, the logistics of doing that is difficult because the postal service is, is a challenge. And so we've we're constantly looking. You know, almost every day we're considering. You know, what is the future of recording people and timing people and identifying people and processing results, and how does that work? Because if we sit on our laurels, actually, um, it, we could suddenly find ourselves in a position where we don't have the answer. Um, and then, so a number of people had created, we've probably, I've probably seen, I don't know, six or seven scanning and timing apps that have been built by part run volunteers randomly here and there around the world, kind of unofficial things, uh, you know, over the years. And um, I know a few events use um, kind of off the shelf scanning apps on phones and stuff if they're as a backup, if they're stopwatch and, and their stopwatch, particularly their stopwatch goes. So we kind of be mulling it over, and then we saw a, um, a, a great little company in Australia called Newism, um, who um, had uh, an employee who was part of the core team, uh, Penny, who's part of the core team at Newy Park Run. Um, they had built their own scanning, timing, and scanning app. So this is essentially kind of what you see now as the part of virtual volunteer. They built it on iOS 
um, and we're using it to do the timing and scanning at Newby Park Run, which is one of us, obviously one of Australia's biggest. Um, and uh, and so yeah, so we saw that and thought oh, that's really good actually, and it was the best example we'd seen of it happening. And we felt that if we didn't move with developing something like that, we would be vulnerable to to other people doing it. And of course, if somebody does it as a third party and we can't control it, and then suddenly thousands of event teams are using it, and, it, then, and they start advertising alcohol or cigarettes, or they, you know, steal loads of data. I mean, you can't really do that yet, but, you know, it's a, it's a vulnerability. So we picked up the phone to to Levi, who who's the founder of Newism, and to Penny, and said, we really, really, really love what you do. We think it's excellent. Um, but can we make it an official park run um, app so can we bring it within our ecosystem so can you create you know can you create it for us effectively and, and, and allow us to kind of vote to own and then they, they'd be absolutely brilliant to work with i mean absolutely brilliant and so we very quickly probably in the space of a kind of couple of months work with them to turn it into the part of a virtual volunteer as you see which is really really great um and we are very, very close to launching an Android version. So we'd have Android and, and, and Apple kind of parity really quickly, which would be great. And the only reason we haven't got that from the start is that, you know, they'd already built it pretty much 95% of it as an iOS app and was really good. And we figured let's let's finish it off and then replicate it rather than try and build the two in, in parallel. Um, so there we go. So you've got so now people can go to the app store and download the Park Run Virtual Volunteer, and it allows you to time or scan. Now I think what's really really important is actually for in the Australian context, and you know certainly you know, this is something we stressed in the UK, is essentially there is nothing. There's no impact on an, on the event teams. No kind of there's no obligation for them to use it, so they can carry on using the existing hardware that they use. We'll support that indefinitely we'll replace it if their stopwatch breaks we can replace stopwatches if their scanner breaks we can replace scanners it's a hundred percent supported across you know all of australia and 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 the uk if people if event teams want to try and use the part of virtual volunteer they're welcome to but it's entirely the discretion of the event director so if the event director of an event wants to use it uh, use it at their event either as a backup or as their main system then they're welcome to. I think it works really, really well. The only challenge, real challenge we found at the moment is rain, and you don't get much of that in Australia, so I don't think there's too much of a uh, a problem there. Um, but like I say, it's, it's not it's not compulsory for teams at all. Where What we're doing in Germany is we're trialling, and we've done this entirely with the collaboration of the German teams, who we know really you know, quite well now. Um, we're trialling the op- the the kind of principle of making them app only so essentially what they'll do is they'll launch they won't use timers or scanners they'll use the part of virtual volunteer and because you don't then need specific drivers to remove the software and remove the timer files and the scanner files from the hardware you can then use any computer so they can then email it to their own computers um, and process the results themselves on whatever device they really want to um, so we Obviously, we've never done that before, so we, we don't know whether it'll work. We feel fairly com- confident, um, but we'll see. So, yeah, so we, it's kind of experimental at the moment in Germany as a as, as, a, as a function. But, you know, when you look at 
some of the countries we want to get into and some of the the challenges we face financially in those countries or, or logistically in those countries you know when we think of the long term then, then I, would, I would imagine that the, the kind of the longer term solution resides somewhere in this kind of technology that was a long answer <laughs> that was a very thorough excellent answer thank you tom no problem now it's um it's been adopted in Australia across across the board. You know, um, some people are trialling just the scanning part one week and then just the stopwatch one week. Some some are just diving in going, we don't want to use the other things anymore. Let's test this out. I do know that a lot of events are wondering whether or not, and this is a behind the scenes thing, so some adventurers might not know what we're talking about, but the um, software that Parkrun uses, WebFMS, it's not super user-friendly on a phone. Are there plans to make that more friendly? Yeah, yeah, definitely plans to make it more friendly. So our, our kind of global technical lead is, is a, a chap called Ian Rutzen who is working mostly in his head at the moment in, in terms of what a web FMS 2.0 might mean. So, yeah, for your for people who aren't familiar with that, we have a you – know, Paul created the systems. When Paul first started Parkrun, it was him and a clipboard and, and a stopwatch and a pencil and an Excel sheet. And then Paul then built – this thing that he called FMS, which was which he uh, rather catchily had titled Field Management Software, um, and that was this, pr- this this kind of system that processed all the results. So that's developed over the years to to Web FMS was where it became like an online uh, portal, uh, which was developed largely by a guy called Alan Dempster in, in Scotland quite a few years ago now. And so we're at kind of Web FMS is what we use. I think you know long it, it, we. One of the issues we have is because we're becoming more and more and more diverse in where we are, I think it's less and less likely there will be a solution So you, for everybody. So we might, you know, in 10 years' time, we might, st- we might have events in, I don't know, you know, rural Tanzania or something where it is paper barcodes, stopwatches, um, and a, you know, part of a provided laptop, let's say, kind of how it is now. But then we might have events in San Francisco where you scan and time on a mobile device and that uploads in real time to the cloud. And then the run director, as soon as the run's fin- the event's finished, the run director can just open their phone and or their mobile device or iPad or whatever it is, they can just open their device and there already are all the results ready to be kind of fiddled with, edited a little bit. Um, we might have a system then that doesn't that, that means we don't have kind of unscannables anymore, um, and then and they upload it straight away. So I, I think it'll be where where it goes will be interesting. Where it goes in ten years will be interesting. But but absolutely, you know, the, the kind of the thoughts around making the results processing platform for event teams much 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 more user friendly. That's that's right at the front of our mind. Although I do think. I think all event teams should have to spend the first three months using the original system first as a kind of a passage of rights, as a kind of <laughs> initiation, so that they really appreciate where we are now. Because it was uh, in the early days of Woodhouse Mall Run when I, you know, when I started it, my event in Leeds in 2007, we had to have a laptop um, to do the registration of the individual app at the run and so we'd probably at the peak i think we probably had three or four laptops at the end of at the end of the event and you'd come along and you'd say what's your name 
male or Scott, and what's your date of birth and what's this? And you'd be fight, you know, it's snowing and you've got someone over you with an umbrella and it's minus 10 and you're trying to find their name on the database and all that. So I think everybody should have to do that. In fact, everybody should probably have to do that at a Siberian part run. So they really appreciate, <laughs> so they really appreciate it. I'll tell you what, our complaints would drop if we did do that. Yeah. Because no, yeah. we everyone go back to it. Uh, yeah. Tom, thanks for sharing all this behind-the-scenes sort of stuff. I think parkrunners no are worries, hearing thank it. You. I think there's, you know, parkrunners have ownership over parkrun. To hear all this stuff is great. So thanks for coming yes. on the podcast again. Yeah, no, thank you. It's, look, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure, and I, I really genuinely appreciate the opportunity to to share the kind of some of the inside stuff and, and hopefully give people a bit of clarity around around what we're doing and where we're going and why we make decisions we do. So yeah, thank you very much for the opportunity. Hi-ho, it's Lyndall the Adventurer here reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew on the Parkrun Adventurers. If you listen to the podcast regularly, you will already know that I am at the North Harbour Park Run this morning and so are Mel and Scotty. So it's my first meeting with Mel and Scotty and I've got to try and track them down amongst the crowds here at uh, at the Park Run launch. Now, last week Connie was on the podcast and she said that she thought she might get two to 300 people here. Now, I go to a few launches in Brisbane. I know that Brisbane Park Runners love a launch. I think she might be being a bit shy. So... I'm a bit worried that Scotty and Mel might miss me. So to make sure that doesn't happen, I have made myself stand out a bit. I've um, kitted myself as a proper parkrun Channel 5 News crew reporter. Now, to do this, I've channeled PK. Now, PK, well, last week he was naked, but he's been known to deck himself out in a safari suit when reporting for the uh, Parkrun Adventurers. So here I am in my safari suit. Uh, Mel, just for you, I have got my sequined standard issue Channel 5 News crew microphone. And for you guys, the listeners... You've said that um, in the Pearl Australian that Kermit the Frog was your favourite frog and I, I have a sneaking suspicion that that's a bit subliminal. I reckon that the reason why you guys all like Kermit the Frog is because of his roving reports for the Sesame Street News. So, for you, the listeners, in uh, recognition of Kermit the Frog and his reporting, I've tracked down a Kermit the Frog-style reporter hat So, let's see if I can find Scotty and Mel, or more to the point, let's see if they can find me. I'll talk to you again soon. All right, so I've caught up with Lynn. Now, Lynn, I understand that you did your first ever park run today here at North Harbour. Yeah, it's a lovely course. It's um, first time. I've been registered for park run for about two years, so it's finally good to actually put a plan into action and be here. Um, It's an absolutely fabulous course along the Caboolture River and... Um, it's been a really exciting morning, a big turnout for a first park run and um, I'm really excited to have done my first park run here and um, yeah, I'll be back. It's a lovely spot, isn't it? So will this be your home park run? No, I actually live in um, Northside Brisbane, but this is a really good run for a trail run, um, really scenic and lots of trees and so yeah, it's probably good for a few different training places to put this one on your map because it's not just, you know, the basic pavement. 
A few, a few extra degrees of difficulty, isn't there? Yeah, there is. A few jumps over a few cowpats, but it's absolutely sensational scenery. Great breeze here. It was just really lovely. Excellent. Well, thanks for your time on the podcast today, Lynn, and um, happy Park One adventuring. Yeah, see you next Saturday. So I've caught up with the crew. There's a pretty strong contingent here today from my home park run of Bunyaville, and here's just a few of them. I've got Tara. Tim. Stuart. Peter. Sue. And how did you go today? How does it compare to Bunyaville? How would you rate um, the course here at North Harbour? I think it was just as hard as Bunyaville without the hills. Yeah, it's different running on a cross-country course for a change, so it was nice. Yeah, hard to find your footing in today's run. Very hard. <laughs> I'm glad Bunyaville doesn't have so many cowpats. <laughs> and I had a fall. <laughs> oh, no, that's no good. I think there was a couple out there today, so don't feel too bad, Sue. Uh, All right, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a few stacks at home sometimes, too. Oh, so, yeah, done know. that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your time today, guys. Thanks. So I found a couple of avid Park One adventurers in Tim and Neil. G'day, Tim. G'day, Neil. How are you going today? Not too bad, thank you. Very well, thanks. And uh, what number Park Run is this for you in terms of different Park Runs? Uh, 32 for me. 53 for me. So you've been around a bit. How did you rate the course today? What did you like about it? And will you come back? Uh, very different course today. You had to really focus on where you're running, where your feet are going, uh, being through the cow paddocks. But uh, something different. I enjoyed the scenery. It was very nice. I didn't have much time to look at the scenery. I was more concentrating on my footwork, but um, it was a great course. Um, probably the only country course in Brisbane and um, highly recommend it. There's another one down at Greenbank, south of Brisbane, so if you liked this course, get down there and check that one out. Do you reckon you'll come back or will you keep searching for more new park runs to do? Uh, I've, there's a quite a few different park runs to tick off, so I'll probably keep hunting around before I um, sort of venture back in this direction. It's a fair drive from home as well, so I'll, yeah, I'll probably head south of Brisbane to see what I can find down there. All right, well, well done for coming along. And you, Neil? Yeah, um, you mentioned Greenbank. That's on my list, so uh, now I've done this one, I think Greenbank might be the next one I'm to go to. Yeah, so... And if I can offer you another challenge, I'm always keen to plug Bunyaville, my home park run out in the western suburbs of Brisbane, trail run. A bit hillier than this though, guys. Bunya. I've done Bunya. Have you tried Nambour? I've done Nambour. Yeah, that's, that's a bad one. <laughs> so this one's a bit easier, so maybe come back here. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks very much. Okay, so there are a couple of things happening here today. We are not only launching Park Run here at North Harbour, but we are also embracing the Commonwealth Games 2018. For those of you that don't know, maybe you've been living under a rock, I don't know, the Commonwealth Games will be here in Queensland on the Gold Coast early next year, April next year. So, Arne is here and um, I'll just get her to explain what's going on and why are we embracing the Commonwealth Games and what's the involvement with Park Run. Hi, uh, yeah, so uh, the Embracing 2018 Legacy Program for the Gold Coast uh, Commonwealth Games is all about um, uh, community involvement and uh, community excitement in and around the Games, but also about sort of inspiring people to, um, you know, uh, create change within their communities. And um, part of that is about inspiring people to be healthy and active in their lifestyles. We um, uh, uh, sort of approached Park Run um, a while ago because we're aware that this um, great volunteer run community. Um, movement, for want of a better word, um, has just been spreading like wildfire across the country, and we felt that um, you know it, it's, it really embodies what we're trying to achieve through the Legacy Program, and uh, we're really proud to partner with Parkrun Australia, and uh, the uh, Legacy Program is supporting 20 new sites across the country um, in the lead up to um, and during the Commonwealth Games. 
All right, so I might put you on the spot here, so it's okay if you can't answer this question. But this podcast is for parkrun adventurers. We like travelling around to different parkruns. So can you give us a bit of a hot tip on where some of the other events might be popping up? Uh, Okay, so actually one of the events um, that was simultaneously launching today, which is probably not a surprise, is the Miles out in um, uh, uh, central western Queensland. Um, In terms of some of the other ones, um, we are looking to do another, I think, another six in southeast. Queensland and around another six um, across the rest of Queensland as well but that's probably as much info as I can give you at the moment. Well avoided there, (laughs) fabulous, I know it's difficult (laughs) when you've got all this news and you can't tell anyone, that's okay, we'll keep it close to our chest and we'll stay tuned to the podcast and tuned to Embrace 2018 and find out more about it. Thanks for coming along, thanks for talking to me on the podcast and all the best with the program. Great, thank you. Okay, so I've tracked down Connie, the event director here at North Harbour. How are you going today? Very well. It's been a great morning so far. And everything went smoothly for you? You're happy with the way the launch went? Yes, it went very smoothly and everyone seems to have enjoyed themselves. That's the main thing. Well, I've enjoyed myself. The course was fabulous. I love the permanent signage. So you've had great support from your sponsors and so forth in setting up the park run here. Absolutely. North Harbour uh, developers have been absolutely amazing. So making sure the road (laughs) into the estate was ready on time, Um, all the permanent signage um, and like just support in general, they've been amazing. Excellent. And you've had quite a few adventurers like myself here today. Um, how many people have registered for North Harbour as their home park run? Have you got a, a few people that you, we can draw on to volunteer and help the event keep running? Uh, I haven't checked in the last week, but I think I was up to about 40 or 50 registered like North Harbour ones. So that's not too bad. No, that's pretty good. And how many here today do you know? Um, I think in the order of 240. Excellent. That's a pretty good start, right? So, well done. Is there anything else that you'd like to say to the Parkrun Adventurers? Um, Thank Parkrun Australia and Parkrun Adventurers for all their support as well, and especially Mel. Um, She has been amazing, as always. Awesome. Well, thank you, and thanks for the great work that you've done, not only for this community, but the other communities where you've set up park runs and volunteered over so many years, Connie. Well done, and thank you. Thank you. Well, I think that's about it for me. I think that's a wrap uh, from North Harbour Park Run today. Um, As you've heard from the guests that I've spoken to during the roving report... North Harbour is a cross-country, off-road type event. Um, Grass, cow paddies, bit of trail. Um, It's lovely scenery through cow paddocks and along the beautiful Caboolture River. Lots of trees, lots of grass, very green. um, And probably a bit of shade in summer perhaps. So it might be a good one to check out over Christmas if you're looking to adventure. And if you're living in the area, get along and volunteer and help Connie out with keeping the, the run going. That's it for me guys um talk to you next time on the pod g'day mel scott and all the parkrun adventurers it's gary murphy reporting in with an audition for the channel 5 news crew i was lucky enough to be volunteering this week to the launch of sunbury parkrun on the northwestern outskirts of melbourne sunbury is the birthplace of the ashes and from the top of the course you can overlook the ground where it all started which is appropriate for the sunbury launch with the first test of the current ashes series happening this week in brisbane 
The parkrun vibe was electric, the atmosphere vibrant, and Natalie's volunteer crew were a well-polished team who pulled off an outstanding launch. It's got to be the only parkrun in the world that finishes on a bluestone bridge that was built in 1860. Looking forward to meeting everyone at the Parkrun Adventurers Listener Meetup. But until then, blue skies and happy parkrunning. All right, we're at the we're at the finish line of the launch of Sunbury Parkrun. I've found Natalie Harrison, the launch event director. Natalie, congratulations! They've started. How awesome Thank is you. that? Oh, it, it's awesome. It's an awesome feeling seeing all those people. It's a beautiful day. The sun is shining. Um, I just can't believe it's actually happened. <laughs> How many people do you reckon have started? Um, I reckon over 200. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, it's a good crowd. Um, and yeah, I'll just have to see what the numbers say at the end. Yeah, it's great. There's a lot of first timers, brand new to Parkrun, a lot of tourists, a lot of, um, a lot of visitors. It's really great to see. What, what's inspired you to start Parkrun in Tunbury? Um, inspired me, something I wanted to do two years ago because I'm very passionate about health and fitness and also bringing the community together and Parkrun offers that you know a great opportunity to bring the community together um, socially um, and to get everyone active um, it's free um, anyone can do it um, you don't have to be it doesn't matter how old you are how young you are um, it's for everyone and that's the beauty of it you can walk run um, there's it's not a race it's out there just to have fun and enjoy awesome that well congratulations it looks like it's going to be an awesome day you're off to a great start great. So th thank you for starting some Sunbury Park Run thanks Gary and all thank the best you. thank you all right I've caught up with Two first, no, not, well, we'll find out. <laughs> I've got Jenny and Tanya are volunteering. Jenny's marshalling? Um, a bit of anything. Bit of anything. Yeah. And Tanya's on photographer. the photographer. And is this your first time volunteering? No, no, I've volunteered out at Brimbank before. Awesome. And so how many park runs have you done before today? Um, I've run, look, I've probably volunteered more than I've run now. I've run 10 park runs and I've volunteered probably about a handful of volunteering so far. Yeah. So do you think Sunbury will become your new home park run? Oh, definitely. I live in Sunbury, so um, fantastic to have one close to home. Awesome. Too good. And Tanya, is this your first time volunteering? No, I've done about 10 volunteering. And which park run? At Chillum Creek. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And what about you? Do you think this will become your first, uh, your home park run? Yes, definitely. Because yeah? I live here in Sunbury. <laughs> Easy. So Jenny, have you you've seen the course? How can you how do you describe the course? Um, it's undulating, with um, a nice little hill thrown in the middle for it. But um, fantastic views for anyone who comes out and runs, and just a beautiful course. I've heard a rumor that it's going to be called Hell Hill, but the other rumor is that it's going to be called Happy Hill. Which one do you think would be more appropriate? Look, I think it could be Happy and Hell at the same time because uh, up going up might be a bit of a hell and coming down you're definitely happy <laughs> and Tanya as photographer I reckon the course has probably got lots of opportunities for uh, good photos because there's a really good good view at the top yes definitely a good view at the top over Sunbury and you get to see great great views and in the season you see the canolas as well ah terrific yeah oh well thanks girls thanks for volunteering thanks Gary. and all thank the best you. for the future thank you thank you so I'm a bit excited. I've found Nathan Castle. Castle or Castle? Castle. Castle. Get it right, man. <laughs> um, and we, he's just, well, he's well-finished uh, Sunbury Park Run. How did that go? Yeah, we got through it. Yeah. Temperature um, challenging. Yeah. <laughs> Hills challenging, but yeah. very scenic. Yeah. Good big crowd. So for, those of the, so for those who don't know Nathan, how many park runs have you done? How many different park runs? 67 different park runs across the world wow. and 65 in the Australia 
Now, you've probably been asked this a hundred times before, or maybe not. How, what's your top three, or, or do you have a top three? Uh, it's hard to say, really, because <laughs> you forget them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've dubbed the, the hills going to be called Happy Hill. What do you think about that? Yep. <laughs> going down. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. I like it. So you're off to Mount Gambia next week, and what, what, what other adventures have you got coming up? Um, Aubrey's on the to-do list soon. Yeah. And... Yeah, then keep up with the new ones. Cool, awesome. <laughs> Nate, good on you, mate. Well done today. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. And we'll see you again. Okay. Hello, park runners. How's it going? Hi. 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 My name's Gary, and I'm doing a roving report for the Park Run Adventurers podcast. <laughs> How did today go? Excellent. Well, who have I got? Who? What's your name? Anders. Linda. Dawn. Shetup. And where is everyone from? Bicentennial. Layla. Oh, what a good mix. And so, um, how did the course go today? Who put that bloody hill there? What hill? <laughs> <laughs> no, excellent. Great views. Yeah, good. Great views. Yeah, great. Yeah, love running down that hill. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> why did you decide to come to the um, launch today at Sunbury? Why, why, why not? <laughs> I like this man. I like him. I like him. Good answer. Oh, he made me. <laughs> Why wouldn't you be there? It's an excuse to our tutu. These are my people. I like these people. <laughs> Thanks for coming to the park run today, guys. It was fantastic. Thank Thanks, Gary, for timekeeping. <laughs> We're at the finish of Sunbury launch park run, and I've got, got Cheryl and I've got Jess here. How did that go today, Jess? Look, oh my god, personal record of my worst time, but quite the achievement for getting it done. The hill will definitely be in your dreams tonight if you ever come here. You won't forget it anytime soon, but very rewarding. And what are the views? I heard the views are very oh, good. Oh yeah, I actually, uh, no, sorry to my tower walker, I did take a photo. I was like, if I'm up here, I want to remember this view. So, you know, it's beautiful, spectacular, yeah. And what's your home park run, Jeff? Highlands. Oh, Highlands. I heard yeah. that's a good park run. It's a great park run. Oh, great. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and Cheryl's here too. How did you go, Cheryl? It was great. I really enjoyed the routes. Yes, there was a hill. Actually, there were a couple of little hills, but there was one in particular. But I have never found a hill I can't walk. <laughs> good answer. I like that. That's Oh, yes, I'm going to use that as my new motto. <laughs> so I didn't see the views. Though. My head down. So you've done a bit of adventuring, Cheryl. Now, how many different ones have you done? Do you think? Um, in Australia, today's number thirty-two. Awesome! Congratulations. That's really good. Thank you. So how how would the toughness or the I don't know what the word is degree of difficulty? Brutal yes, I like that. Brutal. That's a good one too. What's what's the rating compared to other park runs you've done? I'd say this one is up there, probably seven, eight, eight, probably. The heat's actually got me today. Yeah. But I enjoy undulating. Yeah. I find flat is actually more challenging. Yeah. One muscle group working. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for talking to me. Thanks. Thanks for coming to support the launch today. No worries. Thank you, Gary. The volunteers were amazing. They did an awesome job. Yes, they did. Absolutely. And um, wish um, Sunbury all the very best. Yeah. Hoorah. Very friendly environment. Thank you. Happy park running. Thank Bye. you. Bye. I found Mark Porrett. Mark's the event ambassador for Sunbury. Uh, how did that go today, Mark? Yeah, great launch today. We had uh, 364 finishes out there. A little bit of a tight course, but everyone... Uh, 
everyone allows for that with a launch so it went uh, went really well and uh, no accidents no injuries uh, and everyone seemed very happy on a, on a fairly humid Melbourne morning yeah, it was a good buzz. It was a really good atmosphere um, for a lot of first-timers. So there was a lot of talk about the um, the hill, and I think the, that's been decided it's going to be called Happy Hill rather than Hell's Hill. Um, what did you think about the hill? It's good fun. It's it's probably 80 metres in a straight line, and, and then it starts to level off, and you think you've beaten it, and then you've got a sharp lift, and it gets steeper again. So it's, it's a real challenge. I would probably put it up there in the two or three toughest hills of all park run events in Victoria um, and and look feedback on it has been great I think um, some people don't like the hill but um, you've got to embrace it sometimes I think it'll be a, a drawing card for some people to come and see what all the talks about and it really is like we say that it's a good view from the top but it really is a good lookout over the city of Sunbury from the top of the hill and Rupertswood College oh it's amazing I mean you've got You've got Rupertswood there, and, and Sunbury being the birthplace of the Ashes. You've got um, you've got an amazing view of Sunbury, an amazing view of uh, of Rupertswood and, and Salesian College there. It's um, it's well worth stopping just for a look when you get up there. Mark, thank you so much for helping to get Sunbury off the ground. You've been a great asset to uh, Parkrun, and we much appreciate all the help you've put in uh, in getting the event going. So thank you. Well done today. No worries. Thanks, guys. Happy Parkrunning. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See ya. We're back. Thanks to Lindell who we had the absolute pleasure of meeting and running with on Saturday, and Gary Murphy chiming in with his report from the Sunbury launch. Yes, great job, guys. especially loved that uh, Lyndall took up my challenge, um, introducing herself as Lyndall the Adventurer after a little hi-ho, which is, uh, of course, a reference to Kermit the Frog. <laughs> who was the winner of our Perlustration. And uh, as Lyndall pointed out, he must have been the winner because our parkrun adventurers love our roving reports. And, of course, Kermit the Frog was a reporter. We knew there was a connection. Yep. <laughs> now, there was going to be a launch at Marriott Waters this weekend, but that's been postponed. There's some crazy weather coming through Victoria. So, yeah, out of safety reasons... We're just going to put that off a week, but there's another launch. Well, it's in Queensland. I've got no idea whether it's close enough to you, but it's called... Oh, it's not close, but it's going to be a goodie. St. George. St. George. They've been going for, um, well, they've been in development for quite a while. So uh, kudos to the event director for finally getting this one off the ground. It's going to be amazing. I think they're, they're very excited, I should say. The event team's... Super keen. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, but where is it? You say it's not close. What are we talking? It's it's not close. It's um, north and east and so like inland. Okay. St. George. Yeah. We're getting more of these in Queensland, aren't we? I always think we of are. coastland Queensland, but now we've got miles last week was inland. St. George now. Yeah, it's good. It's, it is great. I love I love the fact that we're getting more and more. Uh, in, in the areas that haven't previously been um, exposed to parkrun yet. so Now, these following events have definitely been exposed to parkrun because they're celebrating their anniversary. We've got Bunyaville in Queensland, Lyndall's home event. So do you think she'll be yes. going back to her home event? I'm sure she will. Uh, I wouldn't have mind popping along to that one, but I've got a milestone one to attend this weekend. Um, but happy fourth birthday, Bunyaville. Can't believe it's been four years already for you guys as well. And you haven't made it here yet, Mel. In four years. No, and it's a trail. Shame on what, you. What the hell have I been doing? 
Uh, in Victoria, we've got Kahuna, the big Kahuna up on the Murray, celebrating their first, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, ov- it makes sense, obviously, because we've we've only been going for not quite two years, and I remember when we talked about their launch and having trouble deciphering how to pronounce Kahuna. I'm still convinced it's Kahuna. Well, it is, isn't it? I think we were told otherwise. Oh, okay. Well, we can just go on our merry way and yes. <laughs> willfully getting it wrong. <laughs> but one that is not difficult to pronounce is going to happen this weekend in New South Wales, and that is Lakeview. And two more in South Australia, Mount Gambia and Torrens. Happy anniversary, everyone. Good weekend to have an anniversary. Speaking of South Australia, speaking of Channel 5 News crew, PK, taking the honours in the Naked Runners Naked November Challenge, nailed his time. He did. He, um, I, I know when we, um, I saw it on, no, no, I didn't see it on Facebook. I heard it on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he was quite close, but he wasn't sure how it was going to pan out in terms of what the Parkrun stopwatch said. And apparently the Parkrun stopwatch was bang on. Mm. So that is definitely an honour for PK. No doubt there is going to be a naked runner's headband in it for him. So congrats and way to represent the Parkrun adventurers, PK. Love your work. Now, you mentioned you're off to a milestone event this week. What's this? Is this your milestone or? No, it's it's not my milestone. It is I have been invited to the illustrious event ambassador Adam Gimbert's two hundred and fiftieth park run at Coomera this coming weekend. Ooh. So the first time I've got to experience uh, running with somebody who is or, you know, at the same time as somebody, obviously is much faster than I am, um, on their way to earn their lovely green shirt. So that's very very exciting for me. 250. I mean, there's more and more 250s in Australia. But uh, so Adam helped start up event number seven, which is Coomera in Australia. So Yes. And so for somebody who has volunteered as much as he has, it's just amazing to also be ticking off that kind of milestone. So, yeah, it's going to be another great morning. There are so many great mornings that happen every weekend. You're so lucky, Mel. That sounds like fun. It will be fun. But I'm not the only one who has great weekends every morning. Anyone who goes to Parkrun does, I think. There's lots of people that um, are going to have great weekends in Germany, I think. Big weekend for Parkrun. You know, Germany's been on the radar for a while. I think they're going to go crazy. What's what's the German word for go crazy? Um, I don't know. Go crazy. It's probably really long. I'm I'm trying. I'm going back to all the German I know, and I'm 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 singing 99 Red Balloons" in my head now, and and you know, um, the Beatles version of "She Loves You" in German. We, we'll have to educate ourselves. Well, now you you may not have a vast knowledge of German, but um, I do. Lots of German friends, and uh, if you're curious, it's "Verak Verden." I was curious, and thank you for that education, <laughs> Scotty. I'm sure your accent is impeccable. Hmm. So there'll be lots of people saying, Verak Verden. Which is our word of the week for episode 92. Mel, Verak Verden on Saturday, and I'll speak to you next week. 
Thanks, Scotty. Talk to you then. I should, um, I should, what's, oh, no, I'm not going to swear in German.